Hey there kids, it's me, Mr. Pasta, and before we get started on tonight's story, I'm going to let you know about a new audiobook currently available on Amazon from Erie River Publishing. It Calls from the Sea, narrated by yours truly and written by the wonderful authors over at Erie River, is available exclusively on Audible. It's 25 amazing horror stories all about the horrors of the deep, stories from the sea, and those horrors from the deep that find their way on land. It was a lot of fun being able to work on this book last year, and I'm really glad to be able to see it come out. If you guys are interested in picking it up, hearing some of these great stories, and helping to support some of those wonderful folks over at Erie River, check out the link in the description down below, or you can always just search for Mr. Creepypasta on Audible to find all the books that I've worked on. And now, on to tonight's story. My adventures as the sorcerer's new apprentice had taken me to a distant and chaotic dimension. Far from Xavier, my mentor. Braving the strange lands to follow the girl of my dreams and also my sworn enemy. I had almost died on several occasions before discovering the entrance to the Chaos Kid's underground lair. And in the process, I discovered I possessed the mysterious and powerful force known as Chaos Magic. Although I didn't entirely know what that meant. We were currently fighting in the cavernous underbelly of the Chaos World, where I had followed Bruca, thinking she was going to see her master. The Dark Wizard was pulling her strings, making her his puppet, and playing a wicked counterpart to my own mentor, who was trying desperately to save the multiverse from destruction. Xavier didn't know I was here, but if he did, I had a feeling he would be proud of my bravery. I was doing everything in my power to stop the destruction of the multiverse. Meanwhile, all Bruca and the Dark Wizard wanted was to destroy it turn it into a dark abyss, to start over in the most nihilistic way possible. The Chaos Kid seemed to have a similar mindset, although he thought that his goals were different and unique. If he destroyed everything, there would be chaos for sure. But chaos always leads back to order, and anarchy leads to the strongest and the most powerful bullies getting their way all the time. That would be the New World Order under Bruca and the Dark Wizard. Anyway, back to the matter at hand. I was currently in a face-off with two of the last three remaining apprentices, a Mexican standoff where the three of us were holding our wands out, ready to attack and kill one another at a moment's notice. My nemesis Bruca and the Chaos Kid had their hands gripped tightly around the hilts of their wands and looked ready to attack. My own hand was trembling as I thought about the possibilities of what might happen next. My knees were wobbly and my mouth was dry, my senses more focused than they'd ever been. If I made one misstep, one false move... I'd be dead, and no one would ever find my body. I winced and shielded my face with my hands as a blast of dark energy erupted from Bruca's wand. The Chaos Kid unleashed a similar burst of red, malignant-looking energy from his own wand. His reminded me of Maximum Carnage from Spider-Man, a vine-like, gooey burst of red-melted Twizzlers. When the two forces came together, there was an outburst of power which sent me reeling backwards, crashing into the rock wall behind me. The two of them were unaffected by the blast and continued battling in front of me, ignoring me where I lay bleeding on the ground. My head hit the rock wall behind me and I realized the world was fading into blackness, my vision filling with black pixelation. Perfect, I thought to myself. This is just perfect. I'm going to die down here once they're done killing each other. And everything went black. Then I woke up in another place. It was bright and sunny. 
There was green grass beneath my bare feet. Up and ahead was a lake of clear crystal blue water, and there were people running and playing on it in shores. Children dove from the dock and splashed each other in the water while swimming. But despite this happy scene, there was another one playing out a little ways away. And that scene was so strange it drew my attention. I found myself wandering over towards the group of people. A man and a woman were standing in a different dock set aside from where the children played. The two of them were young, maybe in their twenties, and they were looking out at the water where someone was splashing around. Then I realized they weren't playing in the water. Whoever this was, they were drowning. But the man and woman didn't seem to care. I ran over to them, screaming, Hey, she's drowning out there! Don't, don't you see she's drowning? Racing past the people on the dock, I was about to jump off the end when I noticed something. The woman had her hand outstretched, and she was holding her palm down as if from a distance, pressing down on the girl's head, forcing it underwater. She was... using magic, I realized. And the man beside her, her husband, probably, is just watching as she drowned the poor girl out in the water. Each time the young girl's head came up for a moment, I saw the terror on her face. Her black hair covered most of her visage, and I didn't notice her eyes right away. But then I caught a glimpse of them and saw they were the same distinctive shade of purple, possessed by only one girl that I'd ever met. Bruca. I looked at the face of the man beside me, standing on the dock. Slowly, it all began to make sense. Xavier? I asked, looking at my mentor standing there, just watching his daughter drown. Xavier, help her! I screamed at him. Why are you doing this? I tried to grab his arm to push him into the water, but I just went right through him like a ghost. What are you doing to her? Why are you doing this? I yelled again, but got no answer from either of them. Each time Bruca came up for air, she was more blue in the face, more wild-eyed and terrified. Finally, after what felt like forever, it stopped. The woman turned her hand over and raised her up out of the water with a simple gesture, causing her body to levitate toward her until she was hovering over the water, soaking wet and pouring liquid from her clothing. The woman was terrifying, whoever she was. I was scared just standing next to her, thinking that at any moment she might snap her gaze to look at me. Despite the fact that they couldn't see me, she continued to ignore me, though, and looked at her daughter instead. Dear, I'm doing this for you. Now I want you to tell me again how you transmogrify a cat and turn it into a frog. If you can't do it, then I'll just have to keep going. Bruca belched, and a half bucket full of water poured out of her mouth, as well as what looked like a small frog, coincidentally. Without skipping a beat, Bruca began to speak. You take half a pinch of witch hazel, six virgin tears, a phlegm of a goat, two dog whiskers combined with two quarts of calf's blood, stir in a cauldron over an open flame on low heat for two hours until a paste forms. Find a local cat. Uh-huh. Uh-uh-uh. You forgot a step, sweetie. The horrible woman called out across the water. You need to drain the mixture through a sieve first before proceeding any further. Bruca's face drained of any remaining color, and she began to scream in protest. No! No, no! I, I don't want to do this anymore! You can't keep... But her cries were cut off by the sound of water filling her lungs, as her own mother dunked her head between the waves again. The only sounds left were the wind and the distant cries of children playing in the water. 
I followed the family as they walked home, holding hands and talking amongst themselves after several more torturous hours of this disturbing teaching method. Somewhere, I'd heard that there had been a study done proving that traumatic events make lasting memories that can never be erased. The pieces fit together in my mind, and as they walked home, I listened to their conversation. I realized all of this was normal in this world. It was a teaching method, a way to retain information through trauma. Wherever we were, it couldn't possibly be Earth, could it? It definitely looked like Earth. I just wish I was normal, like the other kids, Bruca said to her mom and her dad as they walked. Why can't I play with them? Why can't I go to school with them? Her mother pulled her in with a hard yank of her arm. Because we're not like them, understand? We're different. You're different. You need to act like it. I ran ahead and looked at Xavier's face, not understanding how he could be so callous, so cruel to his own daughter. What's wrong with you, Xavier? How could you do this to your own daughter? But he just continued looking straight through me. Even though we got inside their house and Bruca went straight to her room, I followed her there and waited until she was alone before trying to speak to her. Despite the change in Xavier's age and appearance, Bruca looked about the same. Still a girl around my age, but I didn't understand how that was possible. She shut the door to her bedroom and sunk down to the floor, clutching her knees. She began to cry uncontrollably. I got down onto the floor beside her and put my arm around her, despite the fact that it passed right through her like a ghost. It's okay, I said. Everything's gonna be okay. I'm sorry your parents are such assholes. My heart stopped in my chest as she spoke back to me. Thanks. They are assholes, aren't they? I didn't know what to say at first. Then, after a few moments, I shuddered a reply. You can see me? Yeah. I can hear you, too. This is a memory, dummy. You're in my memories right now. A serious breach of privacy, too, if I do say so myself. Oh. Sorry, I guess you're right. This is kind of personal. She sighed. It's okay. I'm kind of glad you're here. This is where it all comes from, I guess. My hatred of mankind, desire for destruction, nihilistic mentality. It all stems from this one stupid, unforgettable day and a bunch of almost equally bad days before and after. That's pretty insightful of you to say that. If you know that, though, why don't you change? I mean, why let this trauma take over your life? You're, you're being exactly what she wants you to be, a horrible, heartless person. Xavier isn't like this anymore. She cut me off by grabbing my throat and squeezing it hard enough to cut off my air supply. Don't you say his name to me right now. He's not better than this. He is still the same piece of shit who did this to me all those years ago. I tried to squeak back a reply, but... I couldn't. And now it's time for me to end it all. To get rid of everything. Including him. I couldn't breathe. Much less speak. But after a few moments, she let go. Sorry, I rasped. You're right. <clears throat> I shouldn't defend him. I'm, I'm pissed with him for watching that happen and not doing anything. 
This might actually be the end of our relationship. I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't know if I can learn from someone who can do this to his own daughter. I don't know if I can be around him after seeing that. It's too much. I'm traumatized just seeing it. I can't imagine how you must feel. She softened her gaze and actually smiled at me. It had been a long time, but I hadn't forgotten it from the first day I'd seen her in the woods, even if it had been a phony smile to steal Xavier's key from me. It had stuck with me. She had a beautiful smile. You mean it? You're not just saying it. Yeah, I do. Of course I do. I care about you. Even if you do try to kill me every time we meet. She looked at me for a long, long time, not saying anything, her cheeks beginning to color with a blush. She huffed. Ugh. You're really frustrating, you know that? What do you mean? I asked. Well, first, I thought you were just a brat Xavier was going to train for a while and then get tired of or get killed. But you just keep sticking around and... She paused, something dawning on her. Her eyes widened further and further. What? I asked. Her face getting redder, but this time, it wasn't a flirty blush. I realized. She was pissed. You son of a bitch! You and your fucking emo magic! How could I let you do this to me? E emo magic? I... Oh right, I forgot I had that. But I don't even know how to use it, I tried to protest. But then my eyes snapped open and I was back in the cavern again, looking on as Bruca sat a bolt of lightning through the skull of the Chaos Kid, splitting him in half from top to bottom, his body split into two equal pieces, and fell away as she strode through them, her boots squelching through the bloody puddles of viscera and gore. Without missing a stride, she reached down and picked up his wand, holding it up to her own. I watched in horror as her already large wand grew even bigger, until it was the size of a scepter. Nearly as big as Xavier's staff now, she was more powerful than ever, way stronger than me. You! She spit, the giant wand pointing straight at me. You don't make me feel things. Nobody makes me feel things! And with that, she shot a bolt of energy at me, clearly intending to kill me. I held up my own wand, yelling the first thing that came to mind, not really that surprised to hear what it was. Vines! I shouted desperately. Vines! 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 A moment later, I was rocketing out of the caverns through the ceiling above, propelled by a jack-in-the-beanstalk vine which grew rapidly towards the heavens, carrying me with it through tons of sheer stone. That's gonna leave a mark, I had time to think, before I lost consciousness once again. The last thing I noticed was my hands leaving the giant vine as it broke through the clouds, high up in the sky. And then... I was falling. Hey there kids, it's me, Mr. Creepypasta, and I want to tell you thanks so much for watching tonight's video or listening to tonight's episode of the podcast if you happen to be listening to this as a podcast or as a YouTube or however else you managed to have found this story for tonight. And as always, I would love to give a big thank you to everyone who's supporting me over on Patreon. You guys are the real MVPs. You guys keep things going, especially while things have been nuts for me over the past couple of months and things have been getting crazier and crazier as time goes on. You guys are the ones who are keeping me sane. And I mean that with all sincerity that you guys have helped me immensely. So 
In my personal life and my professional life, I want to give a very big thank you to Jordan Alexander Sanchez, Jacob Fenske, Chance Burnett, Diana Krause, Lakeda Canizales, Mr. B. Foster, Pettis Weezer, Gaddis, Joseph Calarudo, Rudy B, Dante Kincaid, Foxhound 803, Mephistopheles, Curse Pox Primark, Bastion Beefcake, Jeff Joe's Cultist, Love You M&M, M, Insanity Gamer X, Jesus Corneo, Yargul, Amber Clark, Jay Kearns, Himbo Jerry, Sam Ahai, Crusader Chocobo, Adam Arias, Captain Scurvy, Escadine, Raiden Morris, Nate Cull, Our Min Sec Time, Angelus, Seclude, That Creepy Chick, Red Shadow Cat, Xavier and Cheyenne, Six Gay Rats in a Trench Coat, Turtle Man, Cryolinium, Lord Life's Best, Goring Trimagazine, Mr. Marcus Blitz, Michael Inchok, Dirt Diver 030, Matt Bach, Voice of Sam, Chelly J, Bacamel, The Leader Count, Melted Lake, Kelly Sue, William King, Sashi Sasaku, Strickett, Keep this lot, Fester's Lampshade, Nico Kyle, the Ginger Bros, and Stormcrow, Daniel Paulson, and Corey Kenshin. To everyone on this list, everyone in the description, and of course anyone who could support even just one dollar, thank you all so much for making my life significantly easier with this. And if you guys would like to be able to join any of the names that you see here or down there or anything at all, head over to patreon.com slash mrcreepypasta. And with that, I wish you all a very, very pleasant night and sweet dreams.